Welcome to all our listeners. Great Sources, Season 2, Episode 16. Today's shear is called The Sin That Marred the Second Temple. Let's first quickly review what was discussed last week. The last year we discussed Rabbi Huda Halevi's great call, the Sefer Kuzri, his call upon the Jewish people to all return to Eretz Yisrael. Rida Levi says that the Dover Halakya connection to Hashem is contingent on our behavior. And the Dover Halakya, the Shkun is waiting for us to embrace it, specifically by returning to Hashem. And once we do that, the Dover Halakya is going to return to us. That's what it says explicitly in Sefer Kuzri. And what we discussed last week is whether this idea, this model, so to speak, of Judaism, of the history of Klaizo, that we have to embrace Hashem specifically through returning to Eretz Yisrael, and that then he'll, that's, and, and based on that he'll respond to us. This model seems to be going like Rosh Lakashim of Tesman who says that in Badabai Shani, the the return of the Shekhinah was contingent upon the people all returning from Babel. They didn't all return, and therefore the Shekhinah didn't come back. While the Biyoyichanon of Tesem Beis says that even if they would have all returned, still the Shekhinah wouldn't dwell in Bayasheni because the Bayasheni was built by a Persian descended from Yefes. So it seems then, as we discussed, that Biyoyichanon does not hold of this idea that everything depends on Kalal Yisrael. And what we explained last week was the following, that, in fact, everyone does agree to this very basic idea that Yudah Levi is saying. And you could frame that question, you could frame that in regards to the Chet of the Miraglim, which, as we showed, as we showed, the Chet of the Miraglim is at the root of all the problems of our nation, meaning the fact that we didn't live up to our destiny completely, all depends on the Chet HaMarakim. The relationship of Hashem to B'nai Yisrael is contingent on that. Like his relationship to Avram is contingent, is based on Lech Lech Echo, and everything follows from there. Why is that the case? Again, I refer you and I, re- I recommend that you listen to the last conversation on the Book of Memories, which is a, a podcast I do together with my dear friend Mikey Stone, related to weekly, related to the weekly Parsha. And um, last week for Parsha Shlach, we, we had a conversation about this very point, about why is the modern so central, and um, I recommend that you listen to that and the other great conversations there. But that one is related to the Yetzirah discussion as is the next one that we're going to be putting up for next week. We're going to be continuing the conversation. If you want a better understanding of this most fundamental question, why is Yisrael at the root of Kol Terakula, then I recommend that you listen to that. I will also be able to get to this question in this very series. So basically we said like this. So Yisrael is at the root of everything. In order to do things right, in order for us to do things right, we have to do Yisrael right. To do Yisrael right, we need another shot. This is going back, looking back now in Bayashani. 
In order to do Eretz Yisrael right, we need to have another chance at Eretz Yisrael, meaning after we did it wrong by the Miraculum. According to Rish Lakish, we had a shot at Eretz Yisrael. In the beginning of Ayesheni, when we had this, um, we were invited to return to Eretz Yisrael, had we in fact done so, that would have atoned for the Chet Miraglam. I mean, when I say atoned for the Chet Miraglam, I mean to say is, that would have corrected that problem. And if you correct that problem, then everything is great. Which is why the Kuzi says that that's at the center of Judaism, correcting the Eretz Yisrael question, Eretz Yisrael problem. Rabbi Yair and Anumadavtes says the following. Yes, I agree with the model of the Kuzri and of Rosh which is that as soon as we can redo Eretz Yisrael, do it in the right way, as soon as we can do Eretz Yisrael in the right way, we're going to solve all our problems. I'm going to reach our, our perfection. Rabbi Yechanan holds that in the Bayashani, we didn't have that opportunity. Because Yechanan says, going to Eretz Yisrael while you're under the dominion of the Persians or the descendant from Yefes, does not, in fact, does not in fact provide you with an opportunity to redo Eretz Yisrael the right way. Basically, it's like you're still in Golas. So it's not that Rabbi Yechanan holds that the Dabra Lucky doesn't depend on B'nai Yisrael. It certainly does depend on B'nai Yisrael, but it depends on B'nai Yisrael redoing Eretz Yisrael in a way that will um, replace or give us a second chance at having it sold in the right anchoring culture Kula and having it enable us to live up to culture Kula. According to Rishlakish, that depends on us being there. According to Abiyachan, it depends on us being there independently of the Persians. And therefore, according to Abiyachan, it just wasn't an opportunity. That is a summary of last week's Shir in a nutshell. Today, to be Mashalist Indian, of the Bayashemi and the Machik Sibekhamushlakish, we're going to talk about another angle. Another angle in the Machik Sibekhamushlakish, which is going to make this matter uh, clearer and enrich our understanding of the return or lack thereof in, in the Bayashemi. What we're going to do is this week we're going to talk about one point, and next week I'm going to talk about one other point related to this, and then we're going to move on to other topics that bear on the fundamental question that we're out to solve, which is, should we all go live in Eretz Yisrael? Okay, so, to begin. This is Gemara Newman of Testament Bays that we've been discussing at length about why the Shekhinah didn't return in the Bayashemi. But there's another Gemara that deals with the, the fact that Bayashemi, the return to Bayashani wasn't the great success that it could have been. And that is a Gemara in Brachas Davdal and Amun Aleph and in other places where the Gemara says the following. The Pasuk says, Adyavra Adcha Hashem, Adyavra Amzukanisa. So the Pasuk says in Shir Sayyam, the Pasuk refers to two comings into Eretz Yisrael. And from the fact that the Pasuk talks about two comings to Eretz Yisrael, the Gemara says, from that we learn, that the second coming to Eretz Yisrael, which was in the days of Ezra, could have been as miraculous as the first coming in the days of Yehoshua. It should have been miraculous. The chet was garim, so it should have been a miraculous entry to Eretz Yisrael, like it was in the days of Yehoshua, but we'll soon see what that means. 
what exactly what miracles we mean, but it was Garma Chait. The Chait was Garim. So now let's think about this. So basically, here you have another Gemara that's talking about something having gone wrong in Bayashain. And if not for the Goram Hachet, not for the sin causing, there would have been a miraculous return to Bayashain. Okay, now, let's think about that. Without the the Chet, Goram Hachet, some Chet caused that there was a non-miraculous return. Now, it's presumably, it's, it's fair to assume that a miraculous, the, the potential for having a miraculous entry to Israel, a miraculous return, it goes along with Hashras Hashchil. Meaning, this that the Gemara is saying that there could have been a um, a, a, a return to Israel in a miraculous fashion. That miraculous fashion of entering Israel would have taken place, had it taken place, it would have taken place along with Hashanah Sashchina. Nisim, go along with Hashanah Sashchina. If that's the case, then the Gemara, when the Gemara talks about why the return to Israel wasn't miraculous, and the Gemara says it was because Gamachei, well, if the miracles would go along with the Shechina, which is a very reasonable assumption, then we have to plug in the conversation about why there was no Shechina in Bayashani. We have to plug that in to the question of why there were no Nisim in Bayashani. Which is another way of saying that when the Gemara says the reason why there were no Nisim, it's because it was Garam Hachet. This is a price of this from Tanoim. The reason why there was no Nis in Bayashani, or the return to Bayashani, the second return, was because it was Garb Hachet, and Rish Lakish says that the reason why there was no Shechina in Bayesheni is because they didn't all come back when they should have. It must be that the Chet of Garam Hachet, when the Bryce says there was the sin caused that the, there was no Nes, that Chet must be the Chet, that very Chet of them not all coming back. Okay, that's my structure over here. Again, Rishlakish says there was no Shechina because they did not come back. The Bryce says there was no Nase because it was Garm Hachet. I'm assuming that if there would be a Nase, that's only with Shechina, like generally Nisim happened through Nevi'in. So therefore, um, and also, if we have a different reason why there was no Shechina, that's why there was no Nase. Because if there's no Shechina, along with that, we lost Nisim. Elamai, when the Bryce says Garm Hachet, and that's why there was no Nase, that's the same reason why um, there was no Shechina. And the reason why there was no Shechina, according to Shlakish, is because they didn't overturn. It must be then that that's what Garm HaChet means. I'm going to close the window to stop this noise. A second. Okay, so. That seems very reasonable, and in fact, the Masha in Yuma Daf Testament days says, this is in the source sheet, this is number three, that when the Gemara in Brachis and other places says, Garm HaChet, Hainu Shloi Olu Kulam. The Chet that's being referred to that caused that there was no Nisim is that Chet that they didn't all come back, according to Ashlakish. It's much like that in the Kuzi too, because in that passage of the Kuzi, where he says, the Dabar Alaki is waiting for us, it all depends on us. He says, 
חית זה, הוא אשר מונה אסף תוכס אלוקים בישני רוני בסמכי בסטיין כאילו בבשכנתי Now this generates a major, major problem. The Gemara says, if not for the chait, 
They would have had a miraculous entry to Israel. What would that miraculous entry look like? So Rashi in three places, and these are in the source notes, this is Rashi in Prochus Davdalad, Sanedrus Atzadach Hasan Beis, and Sanedrus Atzadach Rashi in all those three places says that the miraculous entry that B'nai Saul could have had in the second return, which they which they lost. They lost because of a chait. The miraculous entry entails independence. They could have come, they could have had a nesas, without permission of the kings of Paras, and not being meshubed to Malchus. So had Klaiosol been worthy of it, they would have had a nase. What does it mean they would have had a nase? They would have had a nase that they can go to Yisrael without permission of the Persian king and without being meshubed to the Persian king. So now we have a major, major problem, which is the following. Meshlakish said that the Shechinah would have come to Bayashani had we all returned. Rabbi Yechanan said back to him, no. Even if we would have all returned, the Shechinah wouldn't come to Bayashani because it was built by Kairish, king of Persia. But wait a second. If not for the Chait, which according to Rishlakish is the Chait of not returning, we would have independence, we would have had independence from Kairish, the king of Persia. So how could Rabbi Yechanan say back to Rishlakish, you can't blame the fact that the Shechin is not there in the Bayashani. How could Rabbi Yechanan say to Rishlakish, you can't blame that on the fact that they didn't return? Because anyways, the Shechin wouldn't come back because Kairish is building the Bayas. If we know that had Bnei Yisrael not been Chaytei, which according to Shlakish means had they all returned, they would have had an ace, meaning they would have had independence from Kairish and Malach Paras. So how could Rabbi Yechanan say, no, anyways, we're doomed. Anyways, even if we all return, if we all return, we get a nace. If we get a nace, the nace is that we're dependent from Persia. If we're independent from Persia, then the house is built by Zahar Shalshem, by Zerubbabel, etc. And then... So it's a pella. So just to review the steps of the question. Given that according to Rish Lakish, who talks about the chet that stopped the Shechina from coming back, given that according to Rish Lakish, that must also be the same chet of that the Gemara talks about the chet that stopped a nace from happening. And given that the nace that would happen had they not been chayte is that they would have been independent, how could Rabbi Yechanan use the fact that they're dependent on Persia, that the Jews were dependent on the Persians? How could Rabbi Yechanan use that to tell Rish Lakish that there was no hope of Asher Asashkina because we're dependent on the Persians? If not for the chet of not returning, according to Rish Lakish, we would be independent. So I want to tell you the answer to that, because it was, and, and the reason why I'm going into this is because I think it deepens our Havana of what's going on in that Gemara, and it doesn't bear directly on, on uh, our conversation about it. So, but it does really bears indirectly in terms of having a deeper understanding of that Gemara and how it proves or doesn't prove the Kuzi's point, which I might believe it does, and it, it works with it as we've been discussing. Here's the idea. Rishlakish, everyone's analyzing the beginning of Ayashayi, right? Everyone's analyzing the return to Ayatollah. Rishlakish looks at it and says, there was a golden opportunity to get Ashra Sashkina. 
Because according to Eshlakis, Hashra's Hashkina depends on the Jews being in Eretz Yisrael. Whether they're dependent or independent doesn't matter, according to Eshlakis. Kutavirchen, it does matter, as he says, right? Because the virus was built by Persia. And has to be built by Zahar Shoshim. According to Eshlakis, it doesn't matter. So according to Eshlakis, there was a golden opportunity for us to do what's necessary to affect Ashura Sashina. Now, had we done what's necessary, meaning had we not been chaiti, then along with Ashura Sashina we would have had nais, which means we would have had independent independence from the Persians. But Ashura Sashina is not contingent on independence from the Persians, according to Ishlakish. Therefore, the opportunity that the Bnei Babel had to return to Bayashini, even though it was by imitation of Kairish, when they were still when they had the opportunity to return it was by the imitation of the power of Kairish, the power of the king of Persia. Even though it was by his imitation, it was still a, a golden opportunity to affect Ashura Sashkina. Had they done the right thing, they would have had an ace of independence. They missed that opportunity. And that's the chait, that's the big problem, that they missed that opportunity. It says Rabbi Yechanan, actually, says Rabbi Yechanan, if the king of, per- of Persia is inviting you back to Israel, it's not such a golden opportunity. Because to come back to Israel under the auspices and control of the Persians is not a kind of return to Israel that will affect Ashura Sashkina. So the invitation, the Pekida, the Pekida, the, in the nature that the Pekida was, meaning the Pekida, the, the invitation to Bnei Sol to return to Bayashani, was done in this way, under Kurish. That Pekida is not an invitation, according to Rabbi Yechanan, to, to affect the Shashashina. According to Ishlakish, it is, because Ishlakish says all we have to do is come back. It doesn't matter if the persons are in control. All we have to do is come back. So that invitation was an invitation to affect the Shashashina, which we missed. Terrible sin, according to Ishlakish, it's the miracle all over again, as we've been discussing. According to Rabbi Yechanan, well, we're invited to go back under the Persians. That's not, says Rabbi Yechanan, a return to Etzel under the Persians is not what's going to affect the Shashashina. We need to have the Zahar Shoshim there, right? In Cain, says Rabbi Yechanan, there's clearly something wrong before we didn't come back to Etzel, before we missed that opportunity. Why must there clearly be something wrong? Because it's not such a golden opportunity. The very opportunity that was afforded to Bnei Israel was to return to Israel under the king of Persia, which means come back, even though it's not going to make Ashur Sashkina. Well, why was there such a, a lame um, invitation and lame opportunity? Clearly, says Rabbi Yechanan, there was something wrong even before that, was, that decision was made to return or not to return. Clearly, the chait, says Rabbi Yechanan, the chait that made things go wrong has to be found in some point in time that precedes the incorrect decision, according to Be'echana too, as we discussed, of the Bnei Babel to not overturn. According to Rishlakish, that is the chait. Why? Because nothing, everything is perfect until then. Everything is perfect. You have an opportunity to go back to Eretz Yisrael and establish a Shashina. Yes, if you do so, things will change. You'll even get independence. That's an extra credit, that nace. That's, a, that's an extra bonus. The opportunity, according to Ishlakish, is perfect. The invitation to return to Eretz Yisrael is a perfect invitation to establish a Sashkin all over again, which we missed. According to Abiyah 
We never had a great opportunity. But why didn't we have a great opportunity, says Abir It must be that there was a chait that we still had from Bayes Rishin, the chait of Elizabeth Bayes Rishin, that they hadn't done proper atonement for, and therefore they never even were worthy of getting a true, a real chance, a real shot at, at doing things again. So that answers the question. Again, the question was, how could Rabbi Yechanan say, well, we weren't independent of Kairish, if according to Rish Lakish, we would have become independent from Kairish by coming back? The answer is, it's true, we would have become independent from Kairish by coming back. But if we're analyzing where's the chait in Bayashenim, we have to find a point in time where everything was fine until we, everything was going according to plan, let's call it, until we did something wrong. According to Rishlakish, that's true. Everything was going according to plan. Kurish is inviting us. That is according to plan. Because that's fine. That's perfectly fine to live under Kurish. In terms of establishing a Shreya Now, along with that comes miracles. Miracles means being independent. According to Rabbi Yechanan, if Kurish is inviting us back, something must be very wrong. So therefore we have to find the Chait in, in, in back in Bayes region, meaning that we still had that Chait. We still had, basically we still didn't get to the point where we're able to, to, to start again, to redo things from scratch. Now, it goes even deeper than that, because, because we explained, as we explained last week and reviewed it this, this to, in the beginning of this year, we explained that the Machalikas of Eichel Lakish is essentially whether we had an opportunity to redo the Meraglum story, and this time do it right, which is the Shorish of all sins, right? As we've been discussing, by the way, we should add to that the Gemara and Ksubis, the Gemara says, Kola Hadar Yisrael, Shorri below oven. Okay, it's the first Shigavar basically. That Ezra protects you from all sins. So, basically, so then the fact that the Miraglim is the root of all sins, and are all rooted in the Miraglim, and the fact that what we really need to do is be kind of all correctly, of course. If we kind of incorrectly, it's not going to protect us from sin. I'll prove it to you. People live in Ezra and, and they sin. And by the way, I think the Pneshu makes that point. He says, he says, only, only sometimes, it depends. So, of course, that, that Gemara tells us the great promise of Eretz Yisrael. And that's what we have to, we're going to be another explorer. And, and again, I recommend that you listen to my conversation on the, the Book of Memories about Eretz Yisrael and why it's so central. But we'll get back to that. The point is that Eretz does protect from all sins. So, Melchizedek Zubayr HaMashlach, which is whether they had an opportunity in the Bayesheni to be Mechap and the Chitim and start things again, right? So, what if they don't? And this is what we discussed last week. What if they don't? What if they don't have an opportunity to start things again? Then they have a major problem, right? Because why do they serve Avodah Zarah in Bayes Rishon? Because of the Chitim Meaning because they didn't have the proper attitude to Yisrael. In order to get the proper attitude to Yisrael, you can't just change your mind one day. You have to do, do the whole Muragam thing again. That means we have to, as, as a nation, we have to come back to that song, this time do it right, this time embrace it and appreciate it for what it is. Okay. And what if we can't? What if we can't? What if we didn't have the opportunity? What if we missed that opportunity? Then we're stuck facing the Yitzhak Adazara, right? Meaning we're going to do Avadazara again. That's not, that's not acceptable, which is why, as we discussed last week, they had to, the Ajikasa chose to be Mavato the Yitzhak because they knew they couldn't do battle with it in the, in the right way. So now, let's look at the Gemara Numid of Tess in that light. Meaning, in light of the question of the Yitzhudah Vodah Zorah, 
the Yitzhud Avedazara, which we cannot, we, which history has proven that we're not going to be able to, to withstand, unless we do Avedazara, unless we do Eretz Yisrael anew and correctly. And therefore, there's three choices, right? Do Eretz Yisrael anew, and this time do it right, and then everything's Mardik. Okay. Don't do anything, don't do Eretz Yisrael again, and then you're going to serve Avedazara again. You're going to continue doing Avedazara. Or, Okay, so according to Mishlakish, and remember we just spoke about this last week, if you're means the Vuhu comes to an end also. Two things go together. So Mishlakish is saying in Yumadav Tess, why did they choose to go to the root of being Mavatal Yitzhadavadazar? Why didn't they do it so right? Says Mishlakish. You know what? They should have done it so right, and they didn't, and that's a hate. And once they didn't do it so again, because they didn't all come back from Babel, now they were fa- faced with the Yitzhadav Adazara and right back to where we started with the Chetam Raglim. And the Chetam Raglim led to Avadazara. And there's no hope but to be Mavatal Yitzhadav to change the whole course of Judaism, right? As we discussed. Comes to and says, actually, they didn't even have an opportunity to redo Eretz Yisrael and to fix the root of all their sins. And therefore, they had to move out to the Yitzhak Not because they, there was no fork in the road where they could say, okay, come to Yitzhak all of you, and don't be out to Yitzhak or don't come to Yitzhak be out to Yitzhak No. They never had that opportunity to come to Yitzhak the right way, because they're coming back under the Persians. Therefore, they had to choose to be Mavat to the Yitzhak Okay, now. So let's say, according to Rish had they come back to Yitzhak, there would have been Nisim. And if they're Anisim, that means you're not under Kurish. But according to Rishlakish, not being under Kurish is Zaitig. It's not essential to their being Ashur HaShashchina. It's just extra credit, right? According to Abiyechanon, it's essential to Ashur HaShashchina. So according to Abiyechanon, they didn't have an opportunity to be Mechapar on the Chetim Araglim, which is Ashur HaShashchina. Therefore, they had to choose to be Vati Yitzhak According to Rish you know what Chet was going The Chet that they didn't all return. Why? Because had they all returned, they wouldn't have to be Vati Yitzhak So that's a deeper, it's a, that's a follow, gets to the same place as the first answer, but it takes it on a deeper level. Meaning, again, I'm saying that, yes, it's true that according to Rish had they all returned, they wouldn't have been under Kurish. But really, the Machlaikis in Yuma Daftes, as we explained last week, was whether they had an opportunity to redo Etzol and correctly this time. Because if they did, then they don't have to move out to Yitzhak Avedazara and along with the Nebuah and they would have Asher HaShashchina. If they did not have that opportunity, then they're forced to move out to Yitzhak Avedazara and lose the Asher HaShashchina that comes with it. I Meaning they have to change the whole nature of Judaism as we discussed last week. Now, by the way, this is now, now you understand what Rashi means in Nechazka. I told you this funny Rashi Nechazka, he says, Rashi says that um, why was there no nace when they returned to Baishenu? What was the Garma Chait? What was the Chait? So Rashi says the Chait was, read it again. The Chait was, Echazko Perak Mem Gimel Pasigilah. Shaloi Haisa Chuvasam Hagenes Amnas Shaloi Lachtoi. They didn't do a proper Chuva Amnas Shaloi Lachtoi. What does Rashi mean to say? Of course they did Chuva from Avadazar and Baishenu. Of course they did Chuva. They didn't do Avadazar anymore. But it's a very funny tshuva, because it wasn't a proper tshuva. A proper tshuva is amanash shaloi What does that mean, amanash shaloi A proper tshuva, as the Gemara says in Yuma, is 
Meaning a proper tshuva is where you know that in the same circumstances you won't sin again. That's called the tshuva amanas shaloi lachter, and that's called the tshuva hagenes. They did tshuva, but the way they did tshuva was by avoiding the whole problem, by cutting out the whole yitzhah So in that sense, the chet of avodizah, that's what Rashi means, they didn't do a tshuva hagenes amanas shaloi lachter. So in that sense, the chet of avodizah was still with them. Meaning, there's a problem called avodizah, and that problem requires that you do certain things in order to get Ashra Sashkina. Or, if that's really a problem and you can't do the right things, then you just have to avoid the whole, you have to avoid the whole Yitzhak, it's a Legamri. And that's called the Tshuva She'ena Hegenes, and it's the Tshuva Amanas because it's the Tshuva that says, if I'd be in the same circumstances, I would sin, just I'm going to avoid the circumstances. So again, so what's the answer to the question? Let me just get this very clear. There's a lot of Cheshvan here, and I, I, I encourage you to think about this and takes a long time to, to, to really get clear, I think. It took me a very long time until I put this all together. But let me just tell you the Cheshvan in this last deep point one more time. Um, the question that we began with was, how could Rabbi Echadon tell Rosh Lakish that we were doomed anyways, even if we would have overturned the Vaishani because we're under the Persians, if that itself is, depends on whether we overturn or not, according to Rosh Lakish? The answer is, the answer is, the question of Rebbe HaMashlach are having this cryptic conversation over there, why we have to go down the path of Bittu Yitzhah instead of the path of fighting with the Yitzhah and overcoming it. And according, what's the question, basically? Well, Yitzhah is, the problem of Yitzhah is rooted in our problem of not taking it to the right way with the Miraglim. Why don't we do it right the second time? Says Rish Lakish, you're right, we should have. Says Rabbi Yechanan, well, because we were never given that opportunity. And according to Rish Lakish, had we done it right, meaning had we gone back to Yisrael, which according to Rish Lakish is all we need to do to get it right, Lech according to Rish Lakish, or don't be Miraglam, according to Rish Lakish, means go there with Kurish being your king. And if you do that, then you get all the Nisim and everything, and then you'll be independent of Kurish too. According to Rabbi Yechanan, go there as Kurish your king is not, is not the, the kind of that allows for Gila Shechina. And therefore, the, the invitation to go back on the Kurish is not an invitation to redo Eretz Yisrael, if it's not, meaning redo it the right way, for the Meraglim problem. If it's not an invitation to redo the Meraglim problem, then we still are faced with Avodah and instead we have to Mivatol, or kill the Yitzra, the Avodah And once we do that, um, we're done. And that's then, we're done meaning there's no Asher Shechina, and that's the Chait, according to Rishlak. The Chait is that we deserve from Bayesrishin, that was still a problem. Okay, that's what I wanted to explain today. Next week, I am going to talk about this one more angle about Bayesheni and the return and the Bithyutz that we deserve, a very important angle that we'll explore whether it's relevant to us today. And then we'll be done with this specific angle of this, of this conversation. I want to give you a sense of what's coming in this series, so you should know where we're headed. After next week, where I said I'm going to talk about, I believe it's only one more share about this Indian, I want to talk about the, a different angle on the question of Etzel, which is the Mitzvah Pluyas Ba'aretz, Shemitah and Maishas and Trumas, etc., whether those pose a challenge to us, to be Mekayim them, and whether that changes whether there's a Mitzvah for us. That I expect to be a few shurim, probably two or three. After that, I'm going to talk about Maskana Lamaisa. What is the conclusion? What could we conclude? Halacha Lamaisa. That's going to be, um, I expect, one or two shurim. 
And then after that, I'm going to do something that I keep on talking about, which I'm going to talk about the idea of Eretz Yisrael. What is the Indian of Eretz Yisrael exactly? And how we can, how we are supposed to attain it, which is very important, obviously, for the Havana, but also even as a practical question, because we've been discussing about how important Eretz Yisrael is, and therefore you should live there. And that's only true if you understand it, because like we mentioned earlier today in the Shira, if you could quote, you could, you could tell someone to go live in Eretz Yisrael, because if you live in Eretz Yisrael, you'll be oven. But the guy could say, well, I'm living there and I still did an oven, so what does it do for me? And that's a good point. So you have to really understand what it's all about and understand how you could actually reach this Shreibelay oven in order to fully explore and think about whether it's a reason to live there. So that I expect to be probably, the idea of it's all I expect to be maybe three or four shirim, perhaps. I think we should really make sure to give it what it needs. And then we'll be finished the series. So I expect um, that leaves us with, looks like, maybe ten more shirim in the series and then we'll be done. Okay. Until next week.